today from the word of the Lord. I, uh, Brother Giles was talking before service. We were sitting out there and said, you know, it would refreeze tonight while we were in church and all that. And he said, well, that depends on how many scriptures, how many verses the pastor's going to cover. And I said, well, I had in mind about 15. <laughs> but amen. No, um, turn with me to the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew today, the 24th chapter of the gospel of Matthew. And uh, I am going to read about 14 verses, but I'm not going to preach on all of them. I may touch on some things today, but I want to share a word uh, with you this morning and uh, try to help you as best I can, okay? So I'm going to read from Matthew chapter number 24, beginning with verse number, I'm going to begin with verse number 3. So we'll read down from 3 to 14. These are some familiar verses of Scripture that all of us are familiar with, amen. I'm going to be reading from the MEV, the Modern English version, version this morning. I don't know what they'll have on the screen. I don't think we have the MEV available to put on the screen, but if they want to put the New King James, that's fine, or the King James. doesn't matter. Praise God. But uh, read with me this morning as we look at Matthew chapter 24, at verse number 3, and it says this, As he, Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, See that you be not troubled, for all these things must happen, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, epidemics, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows." Then they will hand you over to be persecuted and will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Then many will fall away. Notice this. Many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and will deceive many. Verse 12. And because iniquity will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Verse 12, again, I want to call your attention, because iniquity will abound the love of many will grow cold. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning on how, a fitting title, how to survive the cold. How to survive the cold. Somebody said, well, you should have been preaching this last week. Amen. How to survive the cold. Father, thank you for your word today. 
for the privilege that we have again to stand in the presence of your people behind this pulpit, behind this sacred desk, and declare the word of the Lord to your church. I'm asking for your anointing this morning. Lord, that you will give me the words you will think through my mind today and speak through my lips and ask you, God, to help me to say exactly what you want me to say. Open the hearts of your people today to receive, the ears to hear, and your hearts to be receptive to what you, the Spirit of the Lord, would have to say to the church. And we give you praise for it all in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen and amen. If you're familiar with this chapter and you're familiar with the previous chapter, Jesus and his disciples are leaving the temple. They had been there throughout the day. Jesus had been ministering there in the temple and had just finished giving one of the most scathing messages that anybody had ever preached against the religious leaders of that day. If you'll read chapter 23 of Matthew, you will find that if it just take just take time this week to read Matthew 23, and then you will see what a kind, nice, loving pastor that I am. When you read the message that Jesus gave in love, but still he rebuked the Pharisees and the religious leaders of that day. Over and over in that 23rd chapter of Matthew, Jesus said, Woe unto to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. He called them a, a generation of snakes and vipers. He warned them against that they were that they were that, that you know the fact that they were lost and that they even though they were re- religious that they were not where they need to be. They were hypocritical, and so he gives this scathing message to these Pharisees and these scribes, and then he leaves the temple, and as he and the disciples are leaving the temple that day. Uh, The disciples, I guess they're trying to uh, cover things up. I guess they're trying to make things better. They've just heard Jesus give this scathing message, and as they're leaving the temple, they begin to point out to Jesus what a beautiful structure. Oh, Jesus, they're trying to find something good in all this. Oh, Jesus, isn't this such a beautiful temple? Everybody is so proud of this temple. And Jesus says to them and tells them, he said, listen, the, verse 1, it says that Jesus went out and departed from the temple. His disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, See ye not all these things? He said, Verily I say to you, There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be cast down. What a shocking statement that, that Jesus makes to his disciples when here he predicts the overthrow of the temple and the destruction of the temple. He said there's not going to be one stone. And this was such a beautiful structure. The temple was the most beautiful building that there was at that time. And Jesus said not one stone is going to be left upon another. So they leave there. They go up to the Mount of Olives and as they're sitting on the Mount of Olives the disciples privately come to the Lord and uh, they inquire of the Lord about 
the end time events. They ask him three questions. They ask him, you know, when shall these things be? Speaking of the destruction of the temple, when shall this happen? And he, and they said, what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So they begin to inquire of the Lord and they ask him these questions about the end times and they wanted to know when the sign of his coming would be. Uh, they were interested in his return. And I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I believe that we should be interested as well in the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We should be aware of the fact that we are living today in the end of the age, the end, the closing hours of this church age, that we are in the last days. And if there's anything that should should interest us today, it should be the fact that we're living at the hour when Jesus could come for his church. Can I get an amen today? They were interested in end time things and so should we be as well. But the sad thing is today that there are so many that are not interested in the end time events. People are living their life today as if, uh, you know, everything's just going to continue on and nothing Jesus is. You know, they forget about the coming of the Lord. They've forgotten about Bible prophecy. Many pastors and preachers and evangelists and, and teachers don't, don't no longer preach or teach on on end time events or on uh, Bible prophecy but we need to be aware today ladies and gentlemen and be reminded on a continual basis that we're living in the end times that we're living in the last of the last days and that Jesus Christ is coming and he's coming soon come on somebody amen and so Jesus begins to give them, and I'm not going to preach on all these things, but you can jot some of this down because he begins to give them the conditions and talk to them about the conditions that are going to be prevalent at the time of his return. The first thing that Jesus said to them that in these last days at, that will point to the end of the age, he said that there would be pretenders. He said in verse number 4 and 5 that uh, for them to take heed lest they be deceived he said take heed that no man deceive you for many shall come in my name saying I am Christ and shall deceive many he's telling us that there will be pretenders that there will be deceivers that there will be con men in the last days and that we are to be aware and we are to be upon our spiritual guard that we are not deceived in spiritual matters can I tell you today that the one of the greatest tools, if not the greatest tool that Satan has today, that he's using today, and that he always has used is the tool of deception. The devil is a liar and the devil is a deceiver and the devil is a snake and the devil is a serpent and he's very subtle and he is deceiving multitudes of people today. We need to be aware, ladies and gentlemen, that there are pretenders out here. There are those who proclaim to be men of God 
God and women of God who are not. There are those who proclaim to be prophets of God who are not. And one of the things that Jesus said that we must be aware of in the last days is that there will be those who pretend and there will be those who seduce and we must be on our guard that we are not deceived. Can I get an amen today? We must make sure that we have the word of God hid in our heart. We must make sure that we know what thus saith the Lord. We must be sure that we're a part of a Bible-believing church that preaches and teaches the true word of God and not allow the enemy to deceive us and to cause us to fall away in these last days. So Jesus said that there would be pretenders. But secondly, he said in verse 6 and 7 that there would be provokers or provocations. In verse 6 and 7, he talked about that there would be wars and there would be rumors of wars. And he said, see that you be not troubled for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. We see that threat today. We see the provocation today and that threat today of those that are wanting to start wars and to provoke wars. When you turn on the news and you see the uh, Russian armies lining up at the Ukraine border, there are rumors of war. When you hear of China talking about possibly invading Taiwan, there are rumors of war. And when you hear the, 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 that, 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 that America could possibly and probably will possibly get involved in all of this, there is rumors of war. There are those who are provoking and stirring war. And can I tell you something today? That it's not going to get better, but it's going to get worse in these days in which we live today. That threat of war is going to accelerate. And Jesus said that nation would rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. But he said, see when you see this happening, see that you be not troubled because the end is not yet. It's just a sign pointing to the fact that it's close. It's at hand. And lift up your head for the Lord is coming soon and your redemption is drawing nigh. Amen. So there will be pretenders and provocations. But then thirdly, Jesus said one of the, one of the conditions that will pre, be prevalent before he comes is that there will be plagues. There will be plagues. He said in verses 7 and 8 that there would be famines that there would be pestilence. The MEV that I read to you, you it, it translated that word pestilence as epidemics. There would be pestilence. There would be pandemics. There would be earthquakes. And we see today that there, the prediction of the Lord that strange, powerful diseases would come and be plaguing the world. We've experienced some of that in the last two years. Come on, amen. We know all that's on the, all that's on the lips and the tongues and the minds of people today is COVID. COVID, COVID. You'd have thought two years ago we'd have been done with this thing by now. But it continues to go on. I, 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 I think there's a lot of people that don't want to let it die out. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not denying the fact of the, of the existence of COVID-19. But I tell you what, we have saw so many sick people in this winter. I believe there's been more sickness this winter than there ever has been. What are you trying to say, Pastor Rick? I'm trying to say that plagues are a part of the coming, the, the end time events and the condition that will exist in this earth prior 
prior to the coming of the Lord. We need to understand that. He said there would be famines. There would be pestilence. There would be earthquakes. Scarcities and shortages of food. Empty shelves. And ladies and gentlemen, that is only the beginning of sorrows. It may seem bad now. But can I tell you, I don't mean to be. I don't want to be a prophet of doom and gloom. But I must tell you the truth. Don't expect it to get better before it gets worse. What we've seen is just a drop in the bucket of what it's going to be. I don't know how much we will experience or what all we'll have to see or go through before the Lord comes for his church. I do know and I do believe in the pre-trib rapture of the saints. I don't believe the church is going through no tribulation, but we will see some dark times. But lift up your head as I said. Jesus is showing us and telling us I am coming soon. Can you give him a praise? Getting out of breath. I've done too much shoveling this week. Had to shovel Vicky's car out yesterday, last night. So I'm tired. What's coming will make this that we've already experienced seem mild. Can I say it matters not who is in the White House, whether it's a Democrat, Republican, Independent, or anybody else. Things are going to get worse before they get better. And that's why the hope of the church is the coming of the Lord for His saints. That's why I preached to you back at the beginning of this year. That's why I'm not worried. That's why I'm not afraid. That's why it doesn't bother me. Because I know that there's a hope that the church has, that the believer has Jesus. He is coming soon. Amen? So there will also, fourthly, Jesus said, would be persecution. He said in verse number 10 that many would be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And, and, and they will be, there will be persecution upon the church, persecution of the Jews, persecution of Christians there will be verse 9 and they shall deliver you up to be afflicted or persecuted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake basically he's talking here to the Jewish people but it also goes for those who are part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ if you're a part of the true church the world hates you if you're a part of the true church and living for Jesus the liberals hate you come on somebody they would love to get rid of us brother Terry they would love to do away with the church they tried to lock us out and shut us down a couple of years ago but here we are it's had kind of an effect on some people but we're still here and we're still preaching and we're still praising and we're still shouting and I got news for all the liberals out there today the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is not going away until the trump of God sounds and then we're leaving here and they can have it all. Hallelujah. Amen. There will be persecution. But he said that those who endure to the end, those who, 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 who stay true to God, those who stay loyal, those who survive shall be saved. The fifth thing that Jesus said 
was that there would be, this is just my introduction. The fifth thing, don't get nervous. The fifth thing that Jesus said was that there would be in these last days, the condition of these last days would be pollution. Pollution. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the environment being polluted, but I'm talking about a pollution where he said in verse number 12, and because iniquity shall abound, or sin, ungodliness, lawlessness, iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. He said that iniquity would abound. And I think that we can see that it is abounding today. Sin, ungodliness, immorality abortion, homosexuality, same-sex marriage, transgenders, LGBT, drinking and drugging and stealing and rebellion and looting and robbing and rioting and all of the things that we see on the nightly news tells us that iniquity is abounding in America today. There is no law. There is lawlessness when, 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 when somebody can commit a crime over and over again and be arrested and the prosecutors give them a five dollar bail and put them back on the street to continue to do the very same thing again iniquity and ungodliness and, and crime is abounding and it will continue to abound don't be shocked at what you see on the nightly news it's going to happen but it's a sign ladies and gentlemen it's what Jesus told us about it's the condition of the last days in which we live amen so these are five things that Jesus said would be the condition of the last days but notice here's what I want to focus in on the effect that these conditions would have on the church what's the effect that all of this that I have mentioned, that Jesus mentioned, what is the effect that it's having on the body of Christ? Verse 12, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall grow cold. A major sign that we see of the effects of all that Jesus said would take place in these last days is a coldness or a cooling off of the love that people one time had for Jesus and for the things of God. Jesus talked to that church at Ephesus and told them all the good things that they had done. He told them how that they had had patience and they had borne and they had tried those who were apostles and, and were not and found them liars. And he said, you've done all these good things, but nevertheless, there's something that I have against you because you have left your first love. You have lost the desire that you one time had. And I wonder if Jesus is maybe saying the same thing about many that are in the church today that we have left, we have forsaken, we have deserted that first love that we had for the Lord at one time. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you something today? That the spiritual climate in the world today and the spiritual, the spiritual climate, sad to say, in much of the church world today is at a 
cold level. Are you listening to me? It's at a cold level in many churches and in the hearts and the lives of many believers. There is a danger today of becoming cold spiritually. There is a danger today that Jesus said because of what's going on in the world that iniquity would cause some to lose their 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 love, their on fireness, their on fire love for the Lord Jesus Christ and in a in a situation in a condition of spiritual coldness you and I must know we must be on guard we must know how to survive the cold are you listening we're in a climate of spiritual winter time but we've got to know how to survive the cold I don't want to fall away I don't want to get cold in my walk with God we must stay on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ oh come on now I've got to hurry because as brother Giles said I got five things I need to share with you but I'm going to hurry you just jot them down and you can study as a matter of fact I'll give you a website that you can go to here in a minute. You can Google it or you can go to the website and get my outline. All right? Are you preaching a canned message? Just hang on. How, since this is the effect of the abounding iniquity... Is the cooling off of the church and of God's people. How do we combat and survive the spiritually cold atmosphere in the world today? Now, how many of y'all would say, Pastor Rick, I want to survive this cold spiritual climate that's in the world today. I've got to survive this. Abundant Life Family Church. Listen to me. You've got to survive. I, as a pastor, have got to survive the spiritually cold climate. I got to stay warm and hot and alive in the midst of a spiritually cold climate. An abundant life family church don't become. We cannot become the first church of the Frigidaire in these last days. We must keep our love for Jesus. Jesus in zeal and desire on fire and hot for God. I'm trying to stir us up a little bit. But every year, the news always tells us. They always do the same thing every year. How to survive. What to put in your car. Just in case you're stranded. So you can survive the cold weather. There's a website. Here it is. It just Googled. It just Googled how to survive the cold, okay? And the first thing that came up was a website called The Smart Survivalist. Got any survivalists here today? The Smart Survivalist. The website came up, and, it, and the, the, the article was this. And it just, it, it's just what we need. The article was how to stay warm and survive extreme cold. So I thought, well, you know what? So I read there was five things. There was five points that this 
survivalist website gave on how to survive the cold. And I thought, hmm, you know what? That fits us spiritually as well. Amen. And it does. Let me give them to you. Number one, this was the first thing. The first thing to, 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 to do to survive the cold. And it said this. They're, they're, they're very simple. The first thing they said, wear appropriate layered clothing. Huh? I got in trouble the other day. Because I was outside after the snow, and I was uh, cleaning off my truck, and I was warming up my truck, and I was, I was defrosting my truck and doing a little shoveling, and I didn't have on the proper layered clothing. I was out there in just a sweatshirt, a pair of sweats, no coat, no jacket, no hat. And Vicky said, you were just sick a couple of weeks ago. And here you are out there without the appropriate cold clothing. I came in and laid my hand on her arm. And she jumped almost off the couch. Why? Because I didn't have on the gloves or the appropriate, appropriate clothing. And I was cold. I got cold because I wasn't layered up. Oh, is anybody here today? today. Can you hear what I'm saying today? See, if you're going to survive the cold, you've got to layer up. You not to be, not to, don't allow yourself, not any part of you to be exposed to the cold without a heavy coat. Put on a hat. Put on some gloves. Put on some boots. Somebody saying, Brother Ricky, how in the world does that apply to us spiritually? Well, I'm going to tell you God. Oh, come on, somebody. I said God has given us some clothes. God has given us some layers. God has given us a suit that we're to put on today. And it's found in Ephesians chapter 6. And he said, put on the whole armor of God. And you will be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. We need to layer up with God's clothes and put on the armor and get on the helmet of salvation and put on the breastplate of righteousness and put on the belt of truth and put on the boots of peace and put up the shield of faith and get the sword of the spirit. Hallelujah, I'm talking about being dressed in a way that will protect you from the cold climate of this world. Can you praise him today? Oh, man, I wish I had my 20-year-old lungs back. Praise God. Put on some layers. Layer up if you want to be protected from the cold. He's given us a helmet to protect our head. Right? What is it? 80% of the heat goes out the top of your head. Put on the helmet. Put on the breastplate. How do, I, how do I do this, Brother Rick? He's made it available. All this weapons and all of the armor of God is given to us there. And he said, put it on. You put it on like you do everything else. You put it on by faith. You receive it. Every one of those, every one of those articles of clothing and weaponry and armor are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And every day you need to just claim them. Every day you need to declare them. Hallelujah, Lord. You don't, you know, I don't know. You, you don't have to get up and make the motions like you're putting it on. But just tell the Lord, I, I claim that full armor. I 
put on today that helmet of salvation. I put on that breastplate. I put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, put off the old man and put on the new man that's created in righteousness and true holiness. All that old junk that's a part of the old man needs to leave and you need to put on the Lord Jesus and put on the new man. Put on his righteousness and holiness and you will be layered up to stand the cold climate that we're living in today. But the second thing this website said was this not only have the appropriate layered clothing but number two we're talking about how to survive the cold number two it said do this stay mobile exercise and keep the blood flowing (laughs) I don't know about anybody else I'm having fun today One of the first, what's that saying? How does that apply to us spiritually? When he says, stay mobile and exercise and keep your blood flowing. You know what he's saying? Don't allow yourself to get complacent, lethargic, or allow spiritual apathy to come into your life. Because when we get complacent and lethargic and apathetic, we will Get cold spiritually. Amen? See, one of the first symptoms of hypothermia, that that a person has entered into hypothermia, is drowsiness. I mean, you know, they say that one of the worst ways to die is to freeze to death because at the beginning, anybody who's ever been really cold, you know, you just, your teeth are chattering, your body is shivering, trying to create heat. But after a while, the shivering stops. And when the hypothermia comes in, then drowsiness comes in. And they tell somebody, they tell people, this is a survivalist. I'm not a survivalist. I'm not one of them mountain men. I'm never watch mountain men. I'm not planning on ever being one of them guys. I don't know why you'd want to live up there in some of them places and fight what they fight and go through. But you know what? They survive the cold. They know what to do. They're layered up. Come on, amen. And they don't allow themselves to go to sleep out in the middle of the cold. You have to keep moving. You have to stay alert. You have to stay awake. And that's one of the things that they, that they tell people that are out in the cold. Don't lay down and get drowsy. But keep moving. They say, walk around. Run around. Do some jumping jacks. Amen. Whatever you can do to keep the blood flowing. Are you hearing me? But don't become lazy, drowsy, and apathetic. And I'm going to tell you, that sign of coldness has entered into the church world today because there's so many within the church world that have become drowsy and become lazy and become spiritual lethargic. I'm telling you what, we're not to be lazy, ladies and gentlemen. In our walk with God, we're to run a race. You're in a race. He said lay aside every weight and the sin that easily besets you and run, 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 run with patience the race that is set before us. You've got to stay active in the work of the Lord and in your life for Jesus Christ. That went over real good. I'll pencil that in. Did not go over well. 
Paul told Timothy to, that bodily exercise profits a little. That's one of my favorite verses. It don't do a whole lot of good. But he went on to say, but Timothy, you need to exercise yourself unto godliness. So there's godly exercise that we need to exercise. The Bible said, Paul told that church at Galatia, those churches at Galatia who had slipped away from the Lord, who had begun to dwindle in their faith. He said, you did run well. What did hinder you? And there's so many today that I could that I could call their name, that I can think about in my mind that one time were in the race. They were running well. Hallelujah. They were, they were in the, they were in the hunt. Praise God. They were staying active for the Lord. But today they've become spiritually complacent because coldness has set in to their walk with the Lord. Thirdly, let me hurry up. Thirdly, if you want to survive the cold, the website said, not only layer up and keep mobile, but drink hot beverages and eat warm food. Now that's my more like it to me. Have the right diet's what it's saying. Get plenty of food. Drink some warm drinks. Drink eat some warm food. Get some nutrition. That's what he's saying. Get some nutrition. And ladies and gentlemen, if we here at Abundant Life are going, to, are going to survive this spiritually cold climate today, we are going to have to get the right kind of nourishment. Can I get an amen? We're going to have to eat the right kind of food. And I'm not talking about, you know, natural food. I'm talking about spiritual food. There is a spiritual diet that every one of you has to, be, has to get involved in today. You, you're not going to survive as a believer in these last days unless you're feeding your spirit man on the right kind of spiritual food. Are you hearing me? You've got to have the right kind of food. Amen? You've got to feed yourself and be fed the Word of God. The Bible talks about it all through. The Word of God. The, 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 the Bible refers to God's Word as meat and as milk and as honey and as bread. What's that saying? That the Word of God is a full course meal. Amen? Paul told one church, he said, I fed you, I, I couldn't feed you with meat. I had to feed you with milk. He said those that are of full age are the ones that can handle the strong meat. But he talks about the meat of the Word. He talks about the milk of the Word. The psalmist said your Word was as sweet in my mouth as honey and a honeycomb. That's dessert. Listen, there's meat you need here in the Word. You need to fill yourself with the meat of the Word. You need to get into the milk of the Word. You need to eat the sweetness of the Word. You need to have a diet, ladies and gentlemen, of the Word of God if you're going to survive the cold atmosphere that we find ourselves in today. you got to have the Word. you got to. Jesus said, Jesus said, and He quoted it from Deuteronomy to, to the devil in the temptation in the wilderness, man shall not live by natural bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. Jeremiah said, Your words were found and I did eat them. 
And they were the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Paul told Timothy to be nourished up, nourished up in words of faith and good doctrine. That's your nourishment. I'm giving you some nourishment. Do you understand that that is, that's what the, the pastor, shepherd, you know the word pastor in the Greek is the same word as shepherd. That's what the shepherds is to do. Peter told told them to feed the flock of God that is among you. Feed the sheep. Jesus told Peter, he said, if you love me, feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. That's what I'm here to do, ladies and gentlemen. i got to give you some strong meat sometime. Every once in a while, I like to give you some honey and some dessert and some sweetness. But I'm telling you, the church world's in a mess today because so many pastors and shepherds, all they want to do is feed the flock candy and candy, you know, cotton candy and fluff and sugar and sweetness. Amen. You can be big. You can have a big church feeding on candy, but it's not going to be a healthy church. You can be large feeding on sweets, but you're not going to be healthy. Somebody say amen. I'm telling you, a healthy church is the one today. The one that will survive the cold is the one that's got the meat of the Word, the milk of the Word, the water of the Word, the honey of the Word, a full balanced diet will keep you warm and hot in the things of God. I think I'm preaching better than your amen and I'm not trying to say I'm doing that great. But we have to feed. I know some of you are counting. You're saying, oh my God, he's got two more to go. All right, you layer up, appropriate clothes, stay mobile, exercise, don't get lazy, don't get lethargic, drink hot beverages, eat warm food. Number four and five kind of go together, so we'll, we'll put them together. Number four, this is what the website said, how to survive the cold. Number four, protect yourself with a shelter. Get out of the elements and protect yourself with a shelter. And number five is, I'll put them together. Number five is make sure the shelter is warm and properly insulated. Y'all need a shelter. Somebody said, God is my shelter. Yeah, He is. He's our refuge and our shelter. He's the present help in the time of need. But there is a shelter that God has placed in this cold, ungodly, polluted world in these last days that's a good, needs to be good, hot, warm place for the saints of oh, come on, for the saints of God to come together and get together. You know, the Bible says that one, uh, two people are better off, two together is better off than one because they create heat for one another. And I'm telling you what, the shelter I'm talking about that we can come together in and we can get together and we can fellowship and we can worship and we can pray and we can hear God's Word and we can rejoice and enjoy the fellowship of 
the saints. You know what the shelter is that God's given us in these last days? It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that He's purchased with His own blood. I thank God for a good church, a warm shelter, an insulated shelter, a good church where we can come together and find protection from the cold climate of this world. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Oh, you need the church. I need the church. I'm not talking about a building. Thank God for a building. But I'm talking about this body. You believers, we are the church. Paul made it very clear in Hebrews 10. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That's what Satan tried to do. That's what the, the government tried to do. During the lockdowns of COVID, I've told you this before. I'm going to close, but I've told you this before. I got so upset. I was so grieved. As we, were, we, we were trying in 2020 to follow the, 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 uh, what the, the mandate or whatever the, that, the, that the county put on and that we were to close down all the businesses. But... but the, we had to put clothes. We Charles brought it to my attention the other day. Man, we had outdoor service. We was under the portico. The music was outside. Man, I got pictures. Brother Terry brought his drone in. We got pictures of the parking lot in the church where cars were lined up in the parking lot, and we was having church outside, and that was good. And thank God we could do that. But they, but they, but I got so I got so upset when I would see the church church parking lots empty and. Church buildings dark and the saints of God having to watch on live stream and Facebook and I'd pass by Walmart and you couldn't get another car on the parking lot and Lowe's was packed and Snooks was packed and the liquor store was even open because they said it was an essential. I'm telling when the CBD store, whatever was open, that's an essential. But church is not essential. I'm here to buck that today, ladies and gentlemen. The one main thing that's essential when everything else is shut down is the house of almighty God the church of the Lord Jesus Christ the ground and pillar of the truth (laughs) hallelujah hallelujah and I made the statement we had to close a couple times because we had so many people sick within the church and I thought it best to dismiss services but I made the statement I hold with it We will never obey another government mandate to shut the church down and to limit it to 10 people. We will not. We will not do that again. Never. Never. You can sit home and watch it on that live stream, brother. It ain't the same. You all that's done it knows it just ain't the same as being here. Have a shelter, a warm shelter, an insulated shelter. You know how to keep the shelter warm? Got to have some heat. Got to have some fire. I feel like preaching now. Too bad I'm on point five. Amen. I mean, you got to have some fire. You got to have some heat. You got to have that furnace stoked. 
you got to have that thermostat turned up as anybody here I'm telling you you can be in a church and still die spiritually if that church is cold if it's got a polar bear in the pulpit and icicles in the pew you can still die of hypothermia spiritually but my God may abundant life family church forever be a church that has the heat turned up that has the fire of the Holy Ghost that has the fire of God burning in our hearts we will not go back I want to be a survivalist in the midst of a cold climate in the world today. Church, we got to be on fire. Well, worship team, go ahead and make your way back. Brother Ricky, if we just had this, and we had this, we need this, we need that. You all don't know. Many times I sit around, Vicky knows. But I think about, I think, God, what do we need to do? I, I make the mistake. Oh, open confession's good for the soul. I make the mistake many times of doing what Paul said not to do. You know what that was? He said, comparing ourselves with others and within ourselves and he said to do that isn't wise and sometimes and I think brother Roger I think every pastor goes through that where they'll look at this church or that church and say how come we don't have what they got why are we not growing like they're growing and you think about that and then boy that just opens the door for old Slewfoot to jump up here and say, yeah, you must really be doing something wrong. You're missing it somewhere. And God in heaven knows I search my heart. I search my life on a daily basis. And I, I lay bare my soul before God and say, if there's anything that I would be doing to hinder the work of God, show me. I'll change it. I'll repent. I'll do what you want me to do. But I'll tell you the thing that God keeps putting back in my heart is this. You just put it in my hand, son. He just he keeps telling me this. You make sure that that door is always open for the Holy Ghost. You make sure that there's a fire. Don't let that fire go out. Rekindle that flame. Throw some Holy Ghost wood on that fire. Keep it burning. Keep a hot, warm, glowing atmosphere in the body of Christ, in the church. And I'm telling you what, ladies and gentlemen, if the church stays on fire, if the church stays full of the Holy Ghost, praise God, we'll be insulated and protected and warmed and not give in, praise God, to a cold climate in this spiritual world today. Woo, let's stand, let's stand, let's worship the Lord. Oh, hallelujah.